Exciting news. Republicans now have their very own Joe Biden, only without the accidents. What's up? This is this is Mark K. Saves the Republican men. We're waking up today and we are we have a Speaker of the House. We have a, uh, a set of rules that are about to be voted on and we have probably the weakest person to ever hold that gavel in, well, you know, my lifetime and in probably the history of history of the body. And that's actually a really good thing. Uh, as you wake up today and as you get back to work or whatever you're doing and you realize, uh, what am I going to do at noon? There's going to be no C-SPAN to watch. Well, it'll be there, but it won't be nearly. And there's going to be no countless votes over and over again. Uh, for the speakership. And as you th- as you come to that realization, don't worry, there's a lot that's still going to happen. First of all, apparently they're all going to come to work and they're going to start, uh, you know, getting rid of all of the bad, all of the bad contingencies, all of the bad planning, all of the bad legislation that the Democrats have put in place while they were running the joint. I mean, just running rampant around the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and fiscal responsibility and everything else that they ignored for so long. And uh, and one of those things is defunding those 87,000 IRS agents that they vowed they would defund. And now the interesting thing is that Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House, has been severely limited by the 20. In fact, those 20 conservatives who held out for so long, those 20 conservatives who said, hey, you know what? We don't like this guy. We don't trust this guy. We don't believe what he's doing. We don't think he's going to be able to lead this body in a way that is conservative. Uh, that those 20 conservatives, they made so they made fundamental changes to the way the House of Representatives runs. And they've really you want to talk about draining the swamp. They've done more to make our government smaller and less powerful than probably, uh, you know, 20 people have since maybe the uh, Boston Tea Party. And I know that I know you're saying, Mark, hey, what that's crazy. But think about this. Nancy Pelosi, she ran the speakership like it was a like a tyrannical government. She came in, she called the shots. She was the one in charge. If you questioned her, you were punished. If you didn't get in line, not only would she, not only would the House of Representatives, like not only would she take you off committees or make sure that you were buried and ostracized, but then she would get the uh, Congressional Leadership Fund to, to primary you and get someone else to take your seat. Someone that would fall in line. It's the same thing Mitch McConnell does in the Senate. Mitch McConnell isn't about Republicans. He isn't about conservatism. He isn't about uh, the way things ought to be or the, the way things ought to work in the country. He's not about passing conservative legislation. He's about building up his own cadre of allies who are going to protect him and isolate him and, and make sure that he's, he's protected from any outside challenges like Rick Scott tried to do uh, this past week. And he's going to use congressional money or rather Senate money uh, to do it. That's what happened with Kelly Chewbacca in Alaska. Kelly Chewbacca was supposed to be the senator from Alaska. She was great. She was handpicked by Donald Trump. She was conservative. She wasn't Lisa Murkowski. Big problem was Lisa Murkowski is friends with Mitch McConnell and Mitch McConnell holds the keys to the to the vault. So Mitch McConnell gave gave uh, Lisa Murkowski all the money she needed, even though Kelly Chewbacca was going to that house was not that seat in the Senate was not in jeopardy. Alaska is red. Alaska is blood red. It's like it's like if you shot a polar bear and the blood ran out everywhere. That's how red Alaska is. Not that you should chew polar bears. I think it's actually, I think it's actually illegal. Uh, plus they get really annoyed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, that Alaska was not a place where we needed to spend money. It's a place where Mitch McConnell felt he needed to spend money to keep his allies in power so that he could in turn remain in power. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's not going to be able to do that the way that other politicians before him have. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, to name a few. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. Now, Kevin McCarthy is going to walk into work 
And he's going to be very Joe Biden-esque. Joe Biden is not in charge of the country. We all know that. Joe Biden has a, uh, a, a, a committee, I guess, of individuals that are working behind the scenes. Barack Obama, probably. Uh, Susan Rice, we all know Ron Klain is a big part of that. And this committee of, of mostly unelected or probably all unelected representatives are making the decisions, calling the shots, writing the policy. They're going to their think tanks. They're going to their big donors. They're cashing the checks and they're doing whatever it is that's going to make them more money and bring them more power. And Joe Biden's their figurehead. Joe Biden is the guy that goes out and makes the speeches. Joe Biden's got to sign the thing. And basically these uh, 12 conservatives who are, ba- and they have, I mean, you know, I wrote something a long time ago called the Catriot Manifesto. And any of you who've opted into our Catriot Network, you get a copy free. The Catriot Manifesto outlines exactly what conservatives need to be. They need to be combative. Check. They need to be conservative. Check. They need to be, um, you know, uh, they need to be uh, in your face all the time. They need to be conscientious about what kind of conservative they are. They need to be not afraid of, of the press or the media or backlash or any of that stuff. And they need to be constitutional authorities and traditionalists. And all of these things uh, are happening. These 20 people represent, represent 20 types of conservative that we've never seen before. We've never seen this amount of conservative, uh, like true conservative, like right, what they would call right, far right wing conservatism. Fine. You call it whatever you want. We've never seen the, this kind of traditional uh, leadership come out in so many different um, in, from so many different areas and have such an impact, whereas they could basically neutralize any power that Kevin McCarthy has. So Kevin McCarthy is the Republicans, Joe Biden, and he's not going to be able to pass any legislation or bring it to the floor or write off on any kind of, you know, ridiculous spending. He's not going to make any rules changes. Anything he tries to do that is out of step with the plan that's been put in place, the Republicans now have the power to get rid of him. They can call a vote to vacate. Just one person can call a, uh, a vote to vacate and a motion to vacate, and he could be gone. He would, it would bring all the business to a close, and he knows that. So he knows he's got a path that's not been put out by him. Uh, it's been put out by everybody else, by this committee of conservatives. And now what he's got to do is he's got to go out there and do it all or risk being removed. Um, he also doesn't have the same power. He doesn't have the same power that other conservative leader that other, I'm sorry, speakers of uh, previous houses have had, for example, Nancy Pelosi. He had to put certain people on certain committees, specifically the rules committee. The rules committee is not going to be able to act willy nilly at the whim of the speaker or at the direction of even worse, the, uh, the Senate majority leader. There's not going to be this backroom bargaining between the two heads of the households to try to get whatever it is they want pushed through like a $1.7 trillion spending package. They don't want that. They wanted that pushed through so quickly because a, they didn't know who was going to be leading the house and B they, um, they knew that they, uh, if anybody read it, they'd have serious objections to it much the way Rand Paul did. So they got together everybody, all of them. And this is all of them. I mean, this is all the leaders. They got together and they figured out, we got to ram this thing through. And Kevin McCarthy was a part of that. Mitch McConnell was a part of that. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer spearheaded the whole thing. And the reason they did it was because I think deep down they knew that if Kevin McCarthy was going to be Speaker of the House, he would have to make these concessions. And they knew that these 20 Republicans, these conservative caucus Republicans, were going to have more power than ever before. Something we talked about before. The, the, the slimmer the majority, the more powerful the minorities within that majority become. And if you need four votes, like they, if that's your majority, if you only have four votes to lose, all of a sudden 20 people become very important. 44 people become even more important. 
And I think you're going to see going into this next two-year period with this House of Representatives just how important those people have become. So really interesting turn of events, something exciting that we're all going to be watching. And like I said, there's a lot of legislation now which is going to move forward. And we know what the, we know what the big pieces are. These 87,000 IRS agents, they have to go now. If that's not defunded, if that vote doesn't go through the way it was promised, like today or tomorrow, then Kevin McCarthy's already skating on thin ice. You know, that this is his agenda. It's his to-do list. Number one, 87,000 IRS agents defund those bastards. Check. Then we're going to go on to investigating the FBI and the DOJ. Check. Then we're going to go on to securing the border. Let's do that. Check. Then we're going to go on to investigating Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and James Biden. Check. Then it's going to be the Afghanistan withdrawal. How do we, how do we, we got to investigate the causes of that and find out who's to blame and fix those problems. Check. And then we're going to go through this $1.7 trillion spending package and figure out what needs to be defunded, what needs to be gotten rid of, and we're going to hold everybody accountable. And the good thing is that you've got 20 people, at least, probably more, but 20 people who can hold Kevin McCarthy accountable if he's not holding people accountable. And so by weakening the speaker, because power is like, there's a limited amount of power. It's like, you know, water in a bottle. If you've got a bottle that's half full, half of that bottle is water, the other half is air. If you want more water in that bottle, you got to take out some of the air. If you want more air in the bottle, you got to take out some of the water. There's only, an, uh, there's only a certain amount. Well, what's happened is power has been taken from Kevin McCarthy and given back to the representatives in the House, which is a good thing because the representatives in the House speak for the people. They represent the people in the various districts. They represent you. They represent me, uh, allegedly. Uh, and so that's, that's why that's the good news. The good news is that no one person, because look at what Nancy Pelosi did. She did it the opposite way. She took all the power she could. Whenever she had the opportunity to take more power for herself, that's what she did. And she heralded, you know, harnessed that power and she used it to her advantage and she threatened and she cajoled and she bribed and she, she made backroom deals and that's how she got to be speaker so long and that's how she pushed through whatever she wanted. And that's why the Democrats have been trained and now to, to vote in lockstep much like they've been doing for the past week with Hakeem Jeffries, much like they do on everything. Because they're not free thinkers. They're not representing their districts. They're, they're, they were afraid of the wrath of Nancy Pelosi. They were afraid of how, what she would do to their political careers. And that's not any way to govern. That's especially not what the Speaker of the House is supposed to do. The Speaker of the House is not supposed to be the most powerful person in the House. And indeed, what these 20, uh, what these 20 conservatives did was say to the rest of the country, you need to realize this that the Speaker of the House is there to keep order, you know, go through the motions, make sure we have, make sure we have the proper processes in place, but they should not have all the power. That is not at all what the founders thought of this position. It wasn't supposed to be a mini dictator in charge of Congress, and that's what Nancy Pelosi made it. Um, so now these 20 people have unraveled all of that, and we're starting scratch, going from one of the strongest and most potent speakers in history to now one of the weakest. And that's actually a good thing. Uh, anyway, we'll get into more of that on the show today. I'm going to go through some of these rules so you can understand exactly what it is they got, why it was decent, why Matt Gates is happy, why Lauren Boebert's happy, why a lot of these folks are like, okay, we're fine with Kevin McCarthy because right now, you know, a weak Kevin McCarthy is better than a stronger someone else. Um, so we'll go through all of those here in just a minute. Also, thank you for subscribing. We saw a massive subscriber jump on this podcast over the weekend. So if you haven't yet subscribed, by all means, go ahead and do it. We want to keep jumping. And uh, if you are subscribed, thank you so much. You know the benefit, of course. You get the podcast delivered right to you. You get alerted whenever they're brand new and fresh on whatever it is you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, it's really, and it, you know, and like I said, it helps us spread the word. 
So if you haven't yet subscribed, there's a little button wherever you are. Just hit that button and uh, and let's get that done so that we can keep reaching the public. We can reach the moderates. We can reach the liberals. We can reach all the people that are confused as to what conservatism is and why it's really good and how it's going to help save the republic. Because if we if if we keep going this way, if you know, it's 20 conservative con- congressmen right now that made this massive change. If 20 of them can do that, imagine what like 30 could do or 40. Imagine what having these these patriotic constitutional conservatives in every branch of government and every walk of life. Imagine what they could do. So if we slowly begin to take over uh, the mindset and the ideals of this country, then uh, I think we've got a really good shot at saving the republic.